AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Choppy and sideways. Best describes what's happening in the corn and soybean markets. Although the soy products were pulling beans in two different directions, wheat futures gave back some of early gains and cotton gave back all of an early session rally. Livestock futures were mostly higher, although most contracts were below session highs. Live from the dusty Agri-Trail via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Agri-Tuck. This afternoon, we'll talk with the commodities cowboy, Carl Setzer from Agrivisor. Right after the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Here's the host of Agri-Tuck, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Thank you so much and welcome. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. Uh, if you missed this morning's show... You should go back and take a listen to the conversation. Well, the the Farmer Forum was outstanding with Ken McCauley and Tim Recker. But the conversation that we had with Jordan Fife from BioUrgia about what is going on in the energy markets, including imports of gasoline from China to the West Coast of the U.S., mm-hmm. you need to go back and give that a listen. Uh that it, I, would I second list, that. yeah yeah I listened to parts of it again Davis and there mm-hmm. are there are items in there that you really need to pay attention to and it's uh, it I don't want to say that it's a scary situation because that would suggest that we don't have any way of managing what is going on in the markets but there there are ways that we will make sure that we've got enough product left in the U.S. For the for for the winter season, and part of the way that that's going to happen is higher prices, slow down use, some recession recessionary pressures, and lower demand for some products out there. But it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some pain. Mm-hmm. It is what I was is is the bottom line that I took away from the conversation with Jordan earlier today. Well, and for fans of the handsome newsman, I did actually ask some very insightful questions during that interview as well. <laughs> yes, so you'll yes, you'll want to make sure and catch that. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right, Carl Setzer is coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, we've got a lot of ground that we want to cover with Carl, including USDA's demand estimates for the 2022-23 crop year. We'll get to those with Carl in just a little bit. All right, buddy, what you got in the news? Chip, December SRW wheat futures spiked support at 825 before bouncing to close modestly higher and above the opening range. The potential for some rain in the U.S. southern and central plains limited buying interest in the wheat market. USDA will deliver the first winter wheat crop condition report for the fall on Monday. Dry conditions in Argentina have also trimmed crop potential. Demand has been a headwind for wheat futures. The U.S. dollar index was sharply lower today. But that did little to support prices. December HRW wheat futures six and one quarter higher, nine forty and three quarters. December SRW wheat up five and three quarter cents to eight forty and one half. 
December spring, we closed at 9.52, down one quarter of a cent. Chip, we've talked a lot about the influence of the dollar, and now we get the dollar sharply, sharply lower today, especially in the overnight session. Not a lot yeah. of support from there, though. Yeah, 1,250 points lower as we speak in the U.S. dollar index. So still a lot of pressure there, but not a lot of response from some of the markets that you would think would would yeah. respect the, the drop in the dollar. Ethanol production in the weekend at October 21 was up 17,000 barrels per day from the previous week at an average of 1.033 million barrels per day. Ethanol stocks up 447,000 barrels to 22.29 or 1 million. Harvest hedge selling continues to cap upside price potential, but downside risk is also limited by generally tight supplies. Volatility is leaving the corn market with December futures trapped in the sideways trading range. These corn a penny and a quarter lower, 685. March off one and three quarters, 690 and one half. July corn futures closed at 683 and one half, down two and one quarter cents, Chip. Yeah, not a lot of price volatility, that's for sure. Today's trading range in December corn, 683 and a quarter on the low side, 689 and three quarters on the top side so things are narrowing up a bit today's rally in crude oil futures supported a solid rally in soybean oil and encouraged a round of long oil short bean meal spreading that left the bean market caught in the middle for most of the session november beans reached the day's high shortly after the start of the day and prices returned to the opening range for the closing bell mm. rains in argentina improved moisture conditions for the bean crop that will encourage growers there to get back in the field to plant the beans. November beans were a quarter of a penny lower today, 1381 and three quarters. Jan beans up three quarters of a cent, 1393. July soybeans closed at 1412 and three quarters, unchanged on the day. Chip? Yeah, there's really going to be two different corn crops out of Argentina this year. We'll talk about that with Carl coming up in a little bit. Well, Chip, December cotton, uh, cotton futures opened steady and tried to rally but we're dragged back to session lows for the close. December cotton, 65 points lower, 77.82. On your livestock side, choice graded boxed beef values surged $3.5 on Tuesday, but 70 cents lower this morning still. Traders are looking for higher cash cattle bids this week. December cattle, 27 and one half cents higher, 153.57 and one half. November feeders up 90 cents, 178.82 and one half. And on the snout side, December lean hog futures opened lower, then rallied through resistance at yesterday's high before retracing gains to close just slightly higher. These hogs up a whole nickel today, 88.50, Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Todd Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. Hey, Bubba, what's up, man? Nothing. I'm just playing poker waiting for you guys. There's nothing to do. So I don't... <laughs> oh, shoot. What are you watching now, man? I'm in nothing. You know what? There's nothing going to happen. I think until after the election. If you want it, you want a conspiracy theory. You want okay. it, or you want me to leave it alone? All right, no, here's the conspiracy. I want it. Yeah. yeah. China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia are controlling all these markets. They're keeping pressure on the grains. They're trying to keep their equities rallying and keep pressure on oil so they can keep this administration in place and not lose the house. And then, of course, after the election, these prices are going to explode. Until then, I'm on vacation. Bubba, does that include the dollar? The dollar is an animal also its own. Remember, the dollar, the, the fiat currency system is fraudulent to begin with. You know, there's no backing to any currency. So they're trading off each other. All that's really happening is the others are getting weaker. And, of course, ours will get weaker again, which really is more for inflation 
And of course, that's just another tax for the American taxpayers to pay his inflation off. So nothing has changed. And certainly I, I under I had a rumor and I don't know if this is true, but the twenty five day supply of diesel fuel in the United States yeah. right now. I heard yeah. that too. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Lowest so, uh, diesel fuel stock since nineteen fifty one. So, you know, none of the, nothing adds up to lower prices. So for whatever reason, there's a pressure. Now, again, we're not seeing a lot of volume, so that's always something to watch, right? Because it's easier to control markets a little bit when there's no volume. And that, that's my guess is I think there's a little bit of play going on here for the election, and I think nothing's really going to happen until two weeks from, from, from today, basically. Wow. Wow. Um, as you look at the markets, are the markets telling you anything about the elections other than – you know what you were just no, they're they're really not saying anything because they they really are really on light volume. We're churning back and forth. Uh, again, look, I don't care what the election is. If the if the if the, if the household if everything holds as is, the market I think just tanks. If the market reverses and and like traditionally historically the house changes, I think you get a big rally followed by a, a crush. Anyways, I don't think there's the economy is in such sad shape that I can't I can't look for anything that looks to be too great. And I think that inflation is going to continue to rise. And I think that's the problem. All right. All right, Bubba. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks, guys. Have a great week. You bet. That's Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. We got Carl Setzer up next on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. In the morning, you're coughing up and you're thinking... In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. All day. All day, baby. It's what we do. It's what we do. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. And we have the pleasure of a conversation with the AgriVisor Commodity Risk Analyst, Mr. Carl Setzer. Carl, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Good. Glad that you are here. All right, hey, Chip. I'm. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna throw us off the tracks immediately, Carl. <laughs> imagine. Um, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a good one though because I, I was uh, I was working on a write up for my monthly landowner newsletter. And I happened to come across some very insightful comments that you made to C.J. Miller of Hoosier Ag today. That's out of Lafayette, Indiana. Shout out to Hoosier Ag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talking about, you know, he, he had brought up to you a Plymouth County, Iowa, 55-acre tract of land sold for 26250 
Um, that's a, I mean, that's a total of $1.44 million. Um, I'm going to quote you here and then just kind of open the shoot for you to, to give us your quick thoughts. Uh, you said, quote, the farmers are telling us I can't buy combines. I can't buy tractors. I can't get anything else for a tax shelter. I'm going to buy land. Uh, Carl, give us just riff on that a little bit for us, would you? I, I do think that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of farmers out here had pretty good years. And, you know, you can't, you know, we need some tax breaks this year. And, and traditionally, farmers do look for upgrading equipment, you know, and, and equipment, combines, tractors. You still can't get that stuff this year. So we're seeing a lot more buying on, you know, land. We're seeing these land values run up a little bit. Guys putting their money into the land instead of their rolling stock this year. Um, giving them a little bit of a break that way rather than the traditional way that we've seen. Well, what was interesting is as as it went on, as your conversation with Miller went on, you started to talk about some concerns uh, for new farmers, guys just starting out in the business in this environment. Yeah, that that's a major concern of mine. And that, that's a very good point is you see, you know, the, the well-established farmers, and I'm not digging on them at all. I mean, you want to buy land, buy land. I, sure. I, I have no problem with that at all. But what this does, it makes it very difficult for a young guy to stand there and say, you know what, I, I want to get started. I can't. And yeah. unless, you know, he's got a revenue source or someone willing to take him under his wing, it makes it very difficult for him to get his foot in the door when, when you know, you see land. And I understand this, this was one sale. This wasn't, you know, this isn't like every acre in the world is selling for, you know, this value, right. but it's still a roadblock for young farmers to get started. And that is a concern of mine. Well, and the trend as a, as you know, spending toward, uh, a, 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 for tax purposes does certainly seem to suggest, uh, strength will hold in the land market. I, I, yeah, I fully expect land, you know, I mean, what's going to drive it down from, from the points we've seen, we've seen commodity values dip in the past. We've seen interest rates rise and we're still seeing this big buying take place. So yeah, I, you know, I, will it correct? It will. I mean, land always, you know, you always have corrections, but the higher that bar gets set, the further, you know, I mean, you're not going to correct as far as if land was only at, you know, $15,000 an acre. Let's put it that way. Yep. Well, and just yep. just one last thought before we move on. We got to move on, but just quickly, to me, my head goes this, and and I'm just sort of imposing this on your words, but it feels like succession planning might need to become quite the priority and be very strategic oh, as we're moving forward. I, you know, I'll tell you something, Davis. I have pushed that for years and years and years. You ask a farmer; they can tell you. I mean, they can recite for you to the minute how they got into farming and mm-hmm. how they got their operation going. And I bought that tractor and this year, and I bought this price of land here. And right. you ask them, okay, well, what are you going to do when you retire? Oh, I'm going to sell yeah. my equipment. How are you going to get uh, you out? Know, my, yeah. Exactly. I'll, I'll yeah. sell my equipment and that'll give me enough to retire on. Yep. You know, and, and yes, there's a lot of guys out there that have really good exit plans in place. Mm-hmm. But, and I'll take my, my dad is a prime example. How are you going to, you know, how are you going to get out of farming, dad? I don't know. 
that's your right. problem. You know, right. I mean, yep. you know, yep. and, and that is something that I think as we get more, as farming becomes, you know, more spread out and more in depth, I think we definitely need more planning on, on how we're going to have exit strategies for some guys, especially if they don't have somebody underneath them to take over. And this is, you know, now you got me going here, Davis, but you know, I know, I know. This is a perfect example for a farmer who doesn't have a plan to get hold of a young kid talk to a, a local college, talk to a university, talk to an, you know, an FFA chapter and see if there's kids that want to start farming that can't, mm-hmm. there you go. Yep. Uh, and you know, that's Chip, my two got, cents on the whole Chip, thing. We could do this all day. Take us, get oh, us out yeah. of here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Davis, did you say, say that that yeah. piece of ground was up in Plymouth County? Plymouth County, Iowa. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Northwest Iowa. 250. You, yep. Yeah, Carl, you know that part of the world pretty dang well. Um, there's some livestock influence on the price of ground up in northwest Iowa, isn't there? A lot of influence up there from that livestock yeah. sector. You are 100% correct, Chip. Yeah, yeah. And um, in in Plymouth County, right there along the Missouri, I, I mean, I've got to believe that some of that was some of that value is just in the ability to spread manure. That's a huge factor. Um, you know, and I, and, and I don't know the exact details of the, you know, the logistics and everything. If it's a chunk of land that you have everything around it, that makes you willing to pay more for it. I mean, those are the details that don't come out, but you're (laughs) right. But you know, the manure management, one last thought on this, because I do want to move on, Carl. But let's not forget that he, that we didn't get to, or that piece of ground didn't get to twenty six thousand with one bidder. No, no, <laughs> no. You're hundred percent correct. There's, Somebody there was, was willing to pay darn close to that. Yep. 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 All right, buddy. Hey, good stuff, Davis. Thank you for that. Oh, for sure. Um, okay. You know what? I am going to kind of stay on this, though, because you were talking about the revenue issues. Feels like that might be filling up a lot of grain bins this fall rather than sending crop to town. Uh, that might have something to do with, with with the basis strength that we're seeing in some areas, huh? Yeah, basis this fall. I mean, you hear about the yields we're getting, and let's, let's face it, yields, you know, even where they're reportedly some of the best yields out there this year, basis just through the roof and you know you look at an export market that's taken pretty much nothing right now the river's dead i can't imagine what basis would be like now if we had that that pressure coming from there as well um farmers just you know you drive by there's been a lot of bins put up in the last few years you do take a little bit off yield and all of a sudden you have a farmer that yeah he can tuck everything away and then you look at these processing margins. Look at soybean crusher right now, especially. Um, you know, top side of four, some places a little over five dollars per bushel crush margin. You know, the, the the processor has that money to push back, so they're giving you these big basis levels to try to keep everything moving. And you know, it's worked a little bit. I think you know we get into the later parts of harvest here. That's when you do tend to see a little bit more movement. But even so, 
these guys seem pretty willing to tuck this crap away and not touch it for a while. Yeah. I think that's going to give us some basis support. You know, when's the next push going to be? Traditionally, you always saw another big push in the country of movement around the first of the year on tax time. Oh. Now that guys are running off of fiscal years instead of calendar years, that's taken that away a little bit. I think it's going to be tough to get some of this grain back out once it's put away this year. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Uh, it, uh, they've, they've got to feel the urgency to make a decision and move some grain before the grain is going to move this year. Uh, and because of that, Carl, it, it's, yeah, it's, to me, it's clearly after the first of the year or coming up on, you know, the, the second half of cash rent payments, something like that, that might increase some need for cash flow, but it's going to, it it's going to be a while before we get there. I, I, and I think that keeps basis firm. Well, when, when, you know, and, and again, this is a broad spectrum, but when you start to hear comments from elevators, you know, guys asking to defer revenue already. Yeah. To, to 2024. Yeah. That, that tells, look at the yields from last That's year, the yields we got, the price. Exactly. Yep. All right, we are in the middle of a conversation with Carl Setzer from AgriVisor. It's been wide-ranging so far. We're going to zero in on some of those demand estimates from USDA. We'll do that next with Carl right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. The U.S. dollar index fell to its lowest level since September 20 overnight and continued to do so throughout the day. President Joe Biden said it would be an incredibly serious mistake for Russia to use a tactical nuclear weapon in Ukraine. The ag attaché in Buenos Aires cut its 2022 and 23 Argentine wheat crop peg to less than USDA's official forecast. A lawsuit was filed in London by the World Uyghur Congress against the UK government for failing to launch an investigation of imports of cotton products made using forced labor in Xinjiang, China. General Motors says it will be able to meet all requirements for buyers of its electric vehicles to get the full $7,500 federal tax credit. And countries are failing to meet their climate commitments, according to the UN. And the average interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage has jumped to the highest level since 2001. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. 
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. What's that number, Chip? I don't know. I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah, I got it. It's uh, 85 548 <laughs> 2552 followed by the number four. Okay. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. 855-482-5524 if you'd like to have a conversation with Carl Setzer. How is that not what I said? (laughs) That is it. it, Okay. Uh, You can also tweet at us, hashtag Agritalk in the message. Send us an email, host at agritalk.com. Before we get back to Carl Davis, if you would, please recap where the markets close. I would. December HRW wheat futures were six and one quarter cents higher today at nine forty and three quarters. December soft red wheat up five and three quarter cents to eight forty and one half. December corn futures were a penny and one quarter lower, six eighty five. July corn futures closed at six eighty three and one half. That's down two and one quarter cents. November soybean futures a quarter of a penny lower, thirteen eighty one and three quarter. July soybeans closed at fourteen twelve and three quarters, steady today. December cotton, 65 points lower, 77.82. December fat cattle, 27 and one half cents higher, 153.57 and one half. Novi feeders gained 90 cents to close at 178.82 and a half. And December lean hogs were up a shiny nickel, 88 and 50. That's your quick market recap. Back over to you, Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Uh, demand, Carl. When we, you know, you you look at how the year started, the 2022-23 marketing year, how it started for soybeans, it was really impressive. I mean, we, we got out of the gate really well. Corn, it's like they didn't even launch, uh, didn't even come out of the chute. And it's been getting worse since then, hasn't it? It's it, corn demand, right? I mean, it's it's pathetic. I, I, yeah. I don't know how to put it any different. And there's so many factors that have led to that. But the big one, I mean, you look at the value of the U.S. dollar. You look at where U.S. corn sits in the global market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can almost pencil in imports from Brazil into the United States right now. Okay. So to tell me why an importer would even look at our offers. I mean, if it's not. You know, if it's not Mexico and Canada where you can get it out by rail, given the logistics, our, our corn demand just isn't there, Chip. It's just not yeah. there. You know, just a little history on this. 2020-21 marketing year, corn exports were outstanding. 2.75 billion bushels of corn. A year ago, in the 2021-22, not too bad, 2.47 billion bushels. It, in September, the estimate for this year was 2.275, and in October, they dropped it all the way down to 2.15. This is uh, this is obviously a trend that is going in the wrong direction. It, it is, Chip, and and you know here's here's a thing I'm I'm gonna throw out. Okay. The the difference, China. China was a heavy corn buyer last year. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of talk that, well, China will show up this year. They will show up this year. Here's something we've got to look at. Last year, a year ago to date, golf corn was $150 a metric ton under China. 
Today, it's $20 a metric ton under China. When China imports, it doesn't necessarily mean because they need it. A lot of times it's because it's economical. It is not economical for them to buy U.S. corn right now. And then you throw on top of some of the geopolitical issues that are going on. And, and we've, you know, we're further behind the eight ball. But let's look at the big picture, Chip. Mm-hmm. On corn, even with the projected demand we have for exports, our stocks to use is only at 8.3% for the end of the 22-23 marketing year. How, how much more demand do you really want to see <laughs> with the stocks to use that tight right now? That's a good point, man. That's a good point. We've taken total use, uh, you know, I, running down the same time period that I did on the exports there. I'm just looking at the balance sheet from the WASDI. Uh, but the total use of corn in 2020-21, call it 14.8 billion bushels a year ago. Over 14.9 billion bushels, closer to 15 billion. And this year, here we are projected at 14.15 billion bushels. And we've still got that tight stocks to use ratio. Carl, I mean, you got that's got to be part of the reason why the, the corn market has gone through the harvest season and just chewed up the hedge pressure. You know, even though it has been light because of what we talked about in the last segment. But it's chewed up this harvest hedge pressure like it was barely a blip. Well, absolutely. I mean, we're, you know, the, the ethanol plants are pushing it. Take feed wheat out of the equation. And, you know, the USDA is sitting, you know, feed demand, feed residual at 5.28 billion this year, down 440, 450 million bushels from last year. A little bit of that is from feed wheat. You know, we're not going to see that wheat feeding pastures in the United States, 22% get yeah. to excellent. I mean, you may as well feed them, you know, I mean, there's nothing there for them. <laughs> right. But Chip, you know, the old adage, you feed $3 corn with a scoop shovel, you feed $7 corn with a teaspoon. Right. That, that is the big one I think we have to watch, but, but you're right. I, you know, this demand is going to walk down hand in hand, I think with, with our inventory, Corn and soybeans the same, but the thing is, trade's already starting to look forward. You know, South American corn production expected yep. to be up five five percent this year. Soybean production up twenty one percent this year, mm-hmm. and those crops are going to be hitting the export market in another eighty to ninety days on soybeans. Corn will be a little bit after that, but not much. And you know, there is going to be a big crop out of South America. I'm with you. I, I think our domestic demand is a little bit underestimated right now. I think our export demand is still overestimated. But I'm going to go back to that 8.3% until we see that needle move. I think we're range-bound on futures right now. Okay. You know, Davis asked the question yesterday afternoon whether or not uh, some of the importing countries out there would have to make a move before the, S- the South American crops are available it doesn't sound like you're real optimistic that that is going to happen. Two things, Chip. Number one, I don't know as if they have to. I think they're going to try to stretch it as far as they can. Let's look at the big picture. How many importing countries can get the finances available to buy $7 corn, $7 futures, and then tack freight on top of it? 
price is just, you know, we're the price is really preventing us from making sales right now. Granted, we need to ration our demand, but we don't want to see demand destruction. And I think we're right on the verge of that. Okay. Yeah. High enough for a long enough period of time is what this is starting to feel like when it comes to the impact of prices on corn demand and and exports in particular. So talk to me about Argentina. I I know that they picked up some rains. It, It was probably too late for the wheat crop. Uh, it'll help the early planted corn and they're planting beans right now. What's, what's next? I, I think we're under underestimating Argentine corn production a little bit. This is my, my, my thoughts. Um, you know, the USDA has got them dialed in at a 55 million metric ton crop this year. Argentina's taken a pretty big leap in looking at, you know, Brazil, Brazil plants that first corn crop. It takes a month off and then plants, you know, then you see safrina growing in after the soybeans come out. Argentina has taken that same, same stance. And, you know, we, we were basically their first crop is planted and their second crop will start going in and, you know, December into January. Mm-hmm. Look at when La Nina is expected to break down. Um, you know, and I, I can make the case, it's no different in Argentina than it is in the United States. If you're going to have a drought, have it while you're planting. That's the best time to have a drought. Yeah. You know, there is plenty of time for that Argentine crop to come back. And that's what a lot of, you know, your importers are sitting here and they're looking at. You know, it's it, look at wheat. There is wheat harvest every place in the world every month of the year. There is some harvest taking place. I got a feeling we're going to start to see that before too long in corn chip. We'll see, you know, a staggered out harvest between, you know, United States, South America, um, you know, Russia, uh, the Black Sea. And let's face it, you know, we will get things straightened out over there. They will get straightened out eventually. Uh, But, you know, the, the global importers just aren't in a huge supply, a huge push to build supplies until they know what that South American crop is going to be. And let's face it, you know, that gives us time to hopefully get our logistics figured out or, or you know, improved yeah. so we can get more corn out here. Um, yeah. You know, so you got to yeah, ask we, yourself. Uh, even unfortunately, if, we've, got, we've got our logistics figured out. And right now our logistics stink. And yeah. what, what, hap- what happens if we get to the middle of next month and the rail workers decide uh, no? We're going to go on strike. Oh, you know what, Chip? I've never seen a black swan event that was good for the market. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, and I, I think that would fall in there. Um, you know, I, it's going to be after the election. I, you know, listening to Bubba talk, I, I don't think that's coincidence that, 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 you know, that deadline is after the election. I think that probably has a little bit to do with it. Um, but you know, the rail line, I, I do think we'll see resolution before it gets that far. I really yeah. do. Um, I hope you're or right. at least they'll, they'll kick the can down the road another three months anyway. Let's put yep. it that way. Yep, yep, yep. I don't want to wait so long next time, uh, Carl. We'll get you on sooner, <laughs> okay, buddy? Because, man, we could we could go on for another hour here. No problem. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That is Carl Setzer. Commodity Risk Analyst at AgriVisor. Davis and I will be right back to wrap up today's AgriTalk.
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. It's kind of Welcome back to AgriTalk. Huh? You want some more cowbell? It's kind of a subtle cowbell. I'd like to... You can hear it there, but I'd like Wait. to I'd like to see him emphasize that a little bit more. Bring it out. Well, it's a lot more it's a lot more artful if you yes. uh, just sort of you know leave it laid back in the mix just a little yeah, bit. No, no, that's not what I want from a no. cowbell. I want it out. It's not going to work for you. No, yeah, that's well, right. I want it out right. front. Fair enough. We'll work on that. I'll make a note. Let's see more cowbell. <laughs> I've underlined it and put an exclamation point. AgriTalk here, everybody. Davis Michelson with Chip Flory. Carl Setzer from yep. Agrivisor was our uh, guest today. I couldn't help but uh, notice he did mention... I don't even know what the context was. He mentioned something about a black swan. Just to remind everyone, this is the sound of black... This is what it sounds like when black swans cry. <laughs> Just stop that. Ha! <laughs> It's not in a, all seriousness. Uh, something fascinating that that he brought up. Uh, that he brought up. Um, in case you're just tuning in, you should go back. If you, uh, some great conversation from him. Um, he's fresh off an interview uh, with with the good folks at Hoosier Ag uh, about land values and stuff. We got into succession. We got all kinds of into the weeds on the the farm economy. He started economy getting worked stuff. up, didn't he? He really did. We could still yep. be talking about that with him. He had lots oh, yeah. to say. Um, so just uh, if you get a chance, rewind to that segment and and pick it up. But uh, <laughs> he wound up at, at some point talking about the worldwide staggered harvest. Um, the idea being, well, you know, somewhere there's almost always a harvest going on somewhere around the world. That is something that I had never considered but a very interesting oh, yeah. thought especially when we start to think about the seasonalities of export demand and who's buying at what times who has product available at what times a very interesting line of thought yeah yeah and it's it's one of the things it that line of thought and that you know that that uh, phrase or the the saying that wheat is being harvested somewhere in the world every day of the year uh, that's been around for a long time. I mean, that was around when I was down on the floor and people talked about that, the, what that constant new crop supply 
does to the market and how difficult it can be to manage things around that. So, yeah, it's all very interesting. But get this. So that, that whole conversation reminded me of a message that I got from one Mr. Brian Winnikins this, just this morning, okay, from WRDN. Yeah, up in Durand, Wisconsin. Uh, he sent me, it's an AP article, okay? Yes, yeah. breaking? This well, breaking? I don't know if it's breaking, but it's interesting oh, in the fact mind. the headline the headline mm-hmm. is Zimbabwe's focus on wheat set to yield biggest ever harvest. Zimbabwe. Okay. Zimbabwe. Yes. Now that's, so, that's in, it's in Africa, as I recall. Right. Right. Starting from the from the lead on this, Zimbabwe says it is on the brink of its biggest wheat harvest in history, thanks in large part to efforts to overcome food supply problems caused by the war in Ukraine. Bushfires, impending rains Mm -hmm. are threatening the crops that have yet to have been harvested. But if they can get the crop out of the field, it is estimated that they will harvest 380,000 metric tons of wheat against anticipated needs of 360,000 metric tons of wheat. Say those again. 380,000 ton crop against needs of 360. So they would a surplus. have yeah. a little bit of a surplus there. So uh, what are they going to do with it? They are talking about building up a, quote, small strategic reserve for the first time in its history. The first time. It blows me away. You want to talk about unintended consequences. I'll bet the number one exporter of wheat in the world did not anticipate encouraging production <laughs> in import-reliant countries Yeah, to the point where they can be self-sufficient on wheat. Mm-hmm. This is it, – it's a trend that it – be, because it can happen. I mean, the genetics that are available, they're not GMO. But the genetics mm-hmm. that are available through traditional plant breeding on wheat, some of the countries that have given up on being self-sufficient on wheat might be taking a look at it going forward. It's well, that's uh, well, there's necessity uh, breeding invention right there yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, another thing that Carl talked about revenue issues. Uh, can we say revenue issues may weld the bin doors shut this harvest? <laughs> Does that go too far? Not, well, yeah, you're not going to weld them shut because you got to get them open at some point, and but it, it may yeah, put a padlock. The, the comment on it with, was, I, I don't know what gets that corn out of there. Right, it may put a, a time release padlock on it, though. I don't know. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly what the what the release time is going to be. That's going to depend on each and every individual out there. That's that's going to be moving crop. But my goodness. Right. The the revenue issues. You know, we talked about it with Niefer here just a couple of weeks ago on the yeah. on the morning show too with Paul Niefer, CPA, uh, Clifton Larson Allen, about how some of these revenue deferments uh, are a little more difficult to make happen right now. Um, just a really interesting conversation with Carl, and good job on that land a good one. conversation there too, because that. 
is something that obviously we all need to keep track of and and uh, what it all means in Indeed. the big picture. Thank you. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, we've got. Uh, I, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about here real quick. I'm sorry, I lost my train yeah. of thought there for a second. Oh, you're top good. producer. Good. Top producer summit. It's yes. coming up in January. It, and uh, there's less than a week left to Time's take, a wasting. Ad, to take yep. advantage of the early bird uh, deals yep. on that. So get on the Google machine, Top Producer Summit. <laughs> It'll be right at the top of the page. Open it up and take advantage of that opportunity. Thanks for listening. Yep. Tomorrow morning, Jeff Cooper, RFA, and former Representative Mike Conaway from Texas. Come on, cowbell.